Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Service Monster Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Kowalski. And uh, today we're going to kick around 6.5.1, an upcoming release you guys would be interested in. We'll touch on what's going on with the weirdness in the mobile world, uh, a couple of smug posts. But before we do all of that, Michael, what are we talking about today? Well, the main topic is going to be uh, crisis communication as a whole, but really focusing specifically on pivoting your message. Just kind of some practical things you can do, kind of an approach to it that you can take that's pretty easy to follow um, and how that relates to not just client communication, um, but actual with your employees as well, communicating to your employees well, what the changes are, how they can provide a better service during a crisis. And then ultimately, as a result of all of this um pivoting of your messaging, how it sets you up for success in the future when things return to some semblance of normality. So, yeah, well, I mean, and I keep saying it, I think it's going to be more than normal. I think um, if you're not careful, you could quickly find yourself going from hard to grow a business because of lack of customers and managing employees to failure to service the volume that is coming your way on top of poor management of employees. And so the calm before the storm is now the time to take a minute in your business and shore things up and trim those sales and get, you know, looking ahead and what can you do as far as crew and employees. And if you've taken some of that grant money, like what are you going to, how are you going to line yourself up? to make the best version and strongest version of your business. And sometimes that means going against what you want to do just generally on a personal level. And so being a leader is bigger than that. So we're going to give you some practical tips, maybe even some templates. I know you guys have some got, got some screenshots lined up, uh, some actual verbiage that we can give you. So should be good. Should be good. So let's dive in. What do you got, Michael? What do we want to take a look at first? Yeah. So, um, just I'll, I'll put it, make sure to put it in the show notes. Um, this is all referenced, um, kind of our discussions based off a blog post. So always make sure to check out our blog. First of all, servicemonster.net slash blog. Um, Lots of stuff link, going on there. Yep. Yeah. I'll link the blog post here. We're just going to kind of expand on the information in that blog post itself. Um, so if you're not, if you're listening to this rather than watching, you may not, um, be able to obviously won't be able to see some of what we're showing, but the blog post will have a lot of that. So just want to make sure we're all aware of that before we get started. Um, but kind of just the, 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 the key point to um, this whole idea of pivoting your message during a crisis is, um, is acknowledging that marketing is still important. You know, a lot of people are like, I don't want to advertise. I don't want to really like, I, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. And then we have to realize that marketing is still important. It's still necessary. Um, but you do have to change your approach. And we've talked about that a lot, but I kind of was able to break it down into what I think are three kind of just an easy approach to it, which is acknowledge, empathize, and offer value. Um, So we can just break down those three points of um, kind of just an approach that first of all, I think starts with your mindset as a business owner, but you have to approach your business separately, but then um, carries all the way down into your employees and how they're um, communicating with the customers on the job, um, how you're communicating with prospects out in the field. So yeah, the first one being acknowledge what's going on around you. I mean, that's pretty straightforward, but your marketing messaging needs to acknowledge it. It's not straightforward. (laughs) It's not, it's not at all. I want to dive into that for a second. Okay. Um, Different people are going to have different experiences with the current situation. And their experiences are going to lead them down to different conclusions. So what does that really mean from a business ownership point of view? That means your personal beliefs may contradict what's beneficial to the business in the current climate. Hmm. Let's say you're a fervent believer that this is a a non-issue. You live in a rural area in middle America and you've got like four people in the county that gotten sick. You've got no deaths. Okay, cool. And from your personal point of view and in your county, this what's going on at the state level you think is kind of overblown, overdone. Okay. 
Now you're going to have the debate. You, you're totally entitled to that opinion. And the fact of the matter is, in your area, there really isn't any huge issue of concern, is there? I think we can all agree on that. That doesn't mean your community, A, isn't following the direction of the state and what the authorities are saying. That there aren't people in your community that are affected by it, perhaps in a more um, family living in an adjacent larger community in a larger city or larger area. Maybe they've got people in New York or Seattle or San Francisco. Maybe they know doctors or nurses or whatever. So sure, as a business owner, it's within your right. If you're a single owner operator and you're running around and you're yelling while trying to drum up business that this thing is overblown and it's ridiculous and everybody should get back to work. It is being insensitive, though, of the people you are trying to serve. So if you're running a business to make money, then you're already tuned out. You don't care about what I have to say about the philosophy of business. Um, You're more interested in, in that transaction and getting that thing done and say, okay, fine. If you care about growing a business, though, you need to sometimes take a different position as a business owner within your business from a public point of view than you would maybe in a private position with your buddies uh, at the bar around the table. And I see a lot of this blurring lines happening on Facebook, right? I mean, if you're a business owner and you're running around on Facebook posting every single conspiracy theory that you manage to find because it resonates with you for whatever reason, um, and you have a direct line in your business and your business page and people can... You know, that, that's why we have the rules that we do at Service Monster of those five deadly sins, right? And, and we've added, I think there's seven now, so I have to go dig them up. But we don't talk about religion. We don't talk about uh, alcohol and beer consumption. We don't talk about se- sexual innuendo. We don't make personal attacks. Um, we don't talk about politics. Uh, we don't talk about race issues. Like those are six. And there, there's, I think there's one more and I can't remember what it is, but... I put the five out and then I got good feedback. We don't trash competitors. I think that was one of them. Well, it's just negative. You know, we keep competitors' names out of our mouth, period. Like, how do you compare with so-and-so? Well, let me tell you all the ways in which we're positioned, our company, the things that we do. And let me focus on what your goals are and see if we line up with that. So we just never stay away from that. But so just cautionary. Everybody used to be okay with disagreeing. It didn't make them disagreeable, right? Political um, affiliations, notwithstanding, like people would just, money is green. (laughs) It's not blue. It's not red. Money is green. But what that really means is that the service to your community should not go through a filter where you are judging other people based off the decisions that they're making. And that rather you do you and that you try your best to be of service and the money will come. Uh, And so that's the environment that we live in. So I, you know, recognizing and being empathetic towards those around you, I think is a, is a lot more people don't give that enough credit. You can go out and, you know, with the backyard beer conversations, go, you have yourself a COVID party, like whatever. It's cool. Don't care. Like, you know, people, people will bitch like I'm, you know, whatever. But if you're not being empathetic to your client, if you're scoffing at them because they're wearing a mask, if you, if you don't want to do work with them because or whatever, then I mean, that's within your right. You're just not going to grow an awesome business that serves your community. So you kind of line that up and, and kind of get right with that. The reality of your situation versus the way you wish it would be. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what. I was about to go into actually was I think an easy way of summing that up is um, and like I said in the blog post because obviously like you said there's so many different opinions surrounding um, this crisis um, obviously like you said leave kind of want to leave those out of your business but I put it as regardless of your opinion or your views on the situation don't just carry on like business is the same and people's lives are the same because you can't you know regardless of your opinion regardless of what you think about literally any aspect of this crisis, things are not the same. And that's what you need to acknowledge in your marketing messaging is like, it's, 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 it's the simple fact that life is different. Um, and 
if if you're in an area where things aren't as affected as much, then obviously it doesn't apply to you as much. But yeah, in the majority of areas, degrees, right? Yeah, and that's you yeah. know this type of of structure obviously would change depending on where you're at. But in most areas, people are greatly affected. And you touched great on the second point, which is empathize with those who have been affected by the crisis. Um, you know, there's not just um, people who are taking measures, but people who um, have had family members impacted um, or they themselves have been impacted through like a well, 33 million unemployed at this point, you know, business yeah. owners, right? Like, yeah. and you can, you can point fingers, but the, the real issue here is the virus, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That's, that's the enemy. That's the thing that is uh, the cause and the root. Um, and, and so everything follows under that umbrella, the sicknesses, the deaths, the unemployment, the economic devastation we're going to go through, the depression that people are experiencing, both of loss of revenue and loss of their business, but also like extroverts for the first time are like feeling it for real. And, you know, just, just a whole slew, I mean, you know, and of course you've got, um, domestic abuse and child abuse and, you know, some kids aren't able to get great meals. And although there's like something like 40 million meals being delivered across the nation, something stupid. It's like, it's amazing what things are, what things are going on. If you really peek behind the curtain a little bit, but, but yeah, I mean, acknowledge it and empathize and, and just be sensitive to it. Be cautious with it. Yeah. Probably a little bit more than I might be in these podcasts. <laughs> Although I choose my language carefully, you can tell like the science denial thing is a hill I will die on. So I, I although I try to keep that out of service monster with any kind of fervent um, militant, you know, positioning um it's still there it's always going to be there we're a science-based company we're a database company is what we were founded on so and and i would expect our clients wouldn't have it any other way (laughs) if i was all into essential oils and um you know all the woo-woo stuff to manage your data when you ask me security questions and i was like oh no i just we you know (laughs) I I, don't, I even want to be careful about what analogies I make out of fun because it might be taken the wrong way. But <laughs> probably, <good Yeah>. idea. <laughs> dang it! Like every everyone I can think of can be then. No, I'll just keep my mouth shut. It's okay. I think I think we all understand. We understand where you're headed there, so it makes sense. But that's great. Good. Yeah, the and part of empathizing too that I want to touch on briefly um, before we dive into it more is. Um, this is a time when you you it's great to highlight the measures that you're taking um, to keep your customers safe, to keep their families safe, the things you're doing internally as a company to keep your employees safe. So with this whole pivoting your marketing messaging, going back to that, um, part of empathizing with your customers is showing them that you care and showing them that this is you. And it also, this is you, the business owner, not just you, the company. You know, it's a great time to humanize um the, the business and make it so that these things are from this, this communication is from the owner. It's from the person who's maybe the name is in the business name or whatever. If it's, you know, Michael's carpet cleaning. Oh, this is Michael, the owner, you know? So um, I don't own a carpet cleaning business, but if I did, I probably would choose a little more of an interesting name than Michael's carpet cleaning, but just. Uh, well, it's not a great position that. to be in when you want to sell either, especially if you sell at the gym. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be, uh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Michael yeah, and Sons. Where's Michael? Yeah, I don't know. There we go. There we go. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's, um, it's a great time to do that too. Part of empathizing, you know, really it's, it's empathizing and also emphasizing the human element of your business that you are people that are providing this service and you care about your, your customers and your employees, um, you know, showing that you as the business owner value your employees and their safety goes a long way. I think I'm um, showing that you're, you're an integrous business owner. Yeah. Being, being very dismissive of the situation. And I can see where um, some people started off that way. If they weren't unclear what's going on or, you know, maybe they, they don't just jump on every bandwagon, right? Like everything that, you know, they weren't on the toilet paper train. <laughs> so they could, they can look at that and kind of still, if they're, you know, oh, more removed than the epicenters, they can just kind of roll their eyes. 
And then what? Then you start chit-chatting with clients and employees about bullshit and how overblown it is. And then as you are further removed from what's going on and what the general public opinion is, then you start to remove yourself from a leadership role. They, they pay attention to you less and less. You may have some employees that will, would agree with you, um, but you don't ramp those guys up. You, you talk those guys down. You're like, yeah, you know, you, you might be right. You might be overblown, um, but a lot of people seem to be concerned about it. Um, I'm not that concerned about it, just to be honest. But at the same time, I got to pay attention to the community and we've got to be cautious with our clients around us. Like that, that would be a more than reasonable position to take, even if you thought this whole thing was cooked up and crazy. Just to say, hey, you know, I have my own opinions on the matter. I'm not a big agreement on what's going on, but we've got clients in this community we want to take care of. The community has an opinion. I live in this community. Let's do right by the community. And you know what? As a business owner, I'm going to do right by you guys too. I don't want to do anything that could be seen as me being uh, careless with your health. And so let's talk about that. And let's talk about what you think and as a group and what procedures can we do? How can, what language should we stay away from? with clients? Um, what language should we gravitate toward? Like, you know, you can't guarantee disinfecting, like let's not make a situation where they think we're sanitizing their house and can get us into legal trouble. Uh, let's not scoff at any of their behaviors, whether you take it very seriously and you go into a client's home that doesn't and you, you make a joke at them or of them, that's just not good. Or even if you agree and then you escalate, like that's not good. Or if the reverse is true and they're like super paranoid about everything and they're, they were white gloving it before COVID. Now it's like clean room and they didn't even want you there to begin with, but they're, you're there for whatever reason. And they're freaked out. Like, again, as a business owner, you've got to be able to adapt to all of those situations and be genuine about it. Not, not be, you know, doing it for the buck. Um, I think that's really what it comes down to. And it's really important to make sure you navigate your employees that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're going to touch on that later, actually. Um, that's one of the things we're going to talk about briefly is your employees in this situation. Um, and yeah, the, I think the, the third um, kind of point here is offering value to your community. And we've talked about that at length um, in the past. So that's pretty straightforward um, in concept, but I think practically that can be tough for a lot of service businesses of how do I actually provide value to my community, community during this time. Um, you got to educate them. I know you, Joe, you talk about the importance of educating um, your customers, educating your community all the time. Um, so what is that? What would that kind of look like for a cleaning business? You got to be careful. You got to be careful here, right? Because um, you don't want to educate against consensus from a business point of view, which means that if you're not bought into what the community, general community opinion is, um, and if you don't agree with the policy, which are two separate conversations, by the way, right? Like I'm always about the science. I never talk about the policy. I think the policy is very specific to the community um, and what you guys want to do. And we need both people, you know, we need both extremes so we can have Petri dishes. Like that's the science coming out in me. It's like, you guys want to open up? Sure. Let's just get the clipboards out and pay attention to what the hell happens. You guys want to like haul hunker down and pretend like you can do that forever. Sure. Let's get the clipboards out and pay attention and let's see where the, where the math comes out. Um, so, you know, yeah. And it is just tough to navigate. Right. So you just got to be careful with your messaging overall. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things you can do too. Um, because being sensitive of, of your own opinion or other people's opinions on the matter, um, it's just being practical, like going back to the first two of acknowledging and empathizing and being like, okay, there's things are different. Um, you're and like you said, being sensitive of your community. So if your community is like very concerned about, um, about people being in their home, well, you can be like, Hey, um, these are some cleaning tips that we can give you that you can, you do yourself to keep your home clean. Um, in, and I'm this seeing time. missed opportunities here too. Like yeah. I've seen examples of people who are decent at social media prior to all of this. 
um, which means they have a microphone and they know how to use it, right? So I'm not going to take that away from them or say that they're doing that function any less. But there, I the couple examples I'm thinking of live in um, otherwise what would be considered more liberal communities. They themselves have businesses and have been, you know, kind of more liberal minded. Um, and I don't want to paint like. I'm a nightmare for everybody on the political spectrum. They all hate me. So like, whatever I, you know, I, I don't judge anybody at any point on that spectrum. Uh, if I can help it beyond the science denial. Um, and th- this individual for whatever reason now is going against the grain with their messaging and, and they're in a community and our customers are in that community. And it's just like, ah, uh, like I get it. Like I get, you know, you're worried about your business and you're not, and you, you think you should turn the tide or whatever. And, and, and you don't like the policy that's coming out. Okay. I totally get it. But 99% of your customers are not going to be in agreement with what you're talking about right now. And so how is that going to play out in the future moving forward? Because in three or four or five months, we're all going to forget about this shit. Like come next year, we're going to be on to the next thing. Right. We're already on murder hornets for crying out loud. We have them here in oh. Washington. <laughs> Those are in our backyard. <laughs> That's right. It's Not like literally yet, they can hopefully. get here in just a few minutes. They fly like 20 miles an hour. Those guys are yeah. crazy and they yeah. don't murder people. They take out bee populations. That's why we're worried about them. So, but you know, my point is, is we'll be on to the next thing and pandemics are going to be a thing. Like just get used to that every few years a new virus is going to pop up because these things go so fast. And then you learn about the virility and how they incubate inside of bats because bats have a ridiculous immune system that's perfect for cooking up very strong viruses. So it's like, huh, like <laughs> Mother Nature's wicked, man. <laughs> but do, how can you be an educator in this environment? Well, again, I want you've got to be careful. You've got to agree with the you've got to go with the general consensus of your community if you want to take that mantle and do it in order to set your business up in a way that is going to make sense moving forward. Um, Now, it doesn't mean you're parroting, you're not being an echo chamber, but if you don't believe in it, then you probably should just not put yourself as as an authority, uh, at least again, relating directly to your business. Um, and then if you don't care about what effect it has in your business, that's fine too. Don't listen to me. Like I'm just talking, I'm always talking in terms of maximizing your potential resource base. And in order to do that, you've got to set up your parameters of the game. Um, and, and this is one that if you want to continue to grow, if you want to build a good business with good employees that will care about you and be loyal to you moving forward in the future, then this is the kind of stuff that we're talking about. Yep. Yeah. So we can get a little more practical here. Um, Adam has a few examples. We haven't lost everybody already. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. It's going to be setting it up, setting up the, uh, the kind of the more practical stuff. Can I get the, um, you want to start screen sharing Adam or switch to that? Um, yeah. So first of all, we're going to talk about what you can do regarding email. This is an email template. First off, this is not necessarily one that you should copy word for word because every business is different. Um, every how you use language depends um, on your state guidelines as well regarding you know as Joe mentioned the disinfection, sanitation, um, anything like that. Um, eliminating you would need to be careful because different states have different guidelines regarding what actually that means. Um, so right, basically, blah, blah, disclaimer blah blah. There, now yeah, give us yeah. to me. Yeah, I just want to make sure. Don't necessarily just copy this blindly. Um, but yeah, so you want to include um, those three elements of acknowledge, empathize, and offer value in your messaging, in your marketing messaging. So an ex- email, for example, here, um, you first, you acknowledge, this one says at this difficult time, kind of a more of a generic phrase to use during this time, but not bad. Um, but right here, you got a data tag. Um and this is in Service Monster, obviously. So um, showing off what we can do. Um, all that stuff autofills. Um, but kind of the the point here is that you want to still highlight um, each of the um, aspects of your business that you are still able to do during this time. So you're still saying like, hey, we're offering services. We're still working. We're still able to um, 
to come into your home if you're an interior cleaner, if you're an exterior cleaner, that's not as much of a concern. Um, but you want to make sure that you're telling your um, customers, this is the steps that we are taking to keep you safe. This whole middle section um, here, actually, if Adam highlights it, yeah, there we go. Look at that. Um, is saying the steps that this this specific company is taking to keep your home safe, to keep you safe. Um, and that's I think that goes a long way just because it shows people that you care. Again, it shows that you are taking it seriously. Um, you know, it's something that I think is important uh, for a service business to do during this time is be like, hey, we're we're changing things. This is what we're changing. It's being very transparent, being very open, being very honest about um, how your business is changing. And Adam, you haven't been saying much. So how about you? You can go over the uh, the external one, the external cleaning one. Here I, I, was hoping, I was just going to have this whole podcast just chilling out here. Um, no, I want you to talk. No. So yeah, you guys have been making some, some great points. Um, just to touch on the disclaimer part, this has come up a lot. So the term sanitizing versus disinfecting, for example, or claims you're outright just killing the virus 100% and everything's, you know, hunky-dory. You want to be really careful on things like that to not set yourself up for failure. Uh, But basically on the interior side, it's right. It's showing everything that you can do if your employees are in what they're wearing, what they're changing. Um, And then in this particular example, they're saying at no additional cost, we'll, you know, apply sanitizer to common touch points and things like that. And these are things that you can do to add kind of that extra upsell without actually having to, you know, charge anything. So you can actually get some of those sales on the exterior side, you know, you're more focused on how can we go through this process, you know, as contactless as possible, right? So you don't even have to really deal with, with the clients. So you can set up a virtual meeting. You know, if you want to use something right right now, zoom is is a popular choice, but there are so many virtual meeting um, environments that you can use. If, if you can't gather the information already from maybe using, you know, Google Maps, because a lot of times you can actually get some of the basic information just off of the Google Maps. That's an interesting point. Let me grab hold of that real quick in that sure. um, you used to be concerned with, well, how do I virtual meet with my client? Right. Especially if you're, you know, clients in older community, like uh, stepping them through and that, man, they have made this so easy now. And so many grandparents are now meeting with their children on a regular basis on zoom or zoom mobile. Um, and so exactly FaceTime or messenger, like it is so ridiculously easy now to virtualize, um, conversations with your client from phones to text to messages to video chat conference. Like, so that, that concern no longer exists. It's like not there. Now everyone's like jumping on board because it's the way that we're being social. I, I've seen some of the people in the intellectual community saying that we should change our verbiage from social distancing because that's not what we want to do. We do not want to be social distant, but change it to physical distancing. Yeah. So just a FYI there. I heard that last week from uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson and some of the virologists that he was talking to. So that might that kind of messaging might be coming down the pipe, but yeah, that it's, uh, it's yeah. <laughs> it, totally. And and yeah. you just it's easier now than ever to establish a virtual connection with your client. And then of course, tipping our hat here with Service Monster and Exterior Cleaning Services, you can send them the estimate for approval, and then after the work is done, you can send them the invoice for an online payment. So you can do the whole thing without ever ever seeing them or t- seeing them physically. Yep. Yeah. And if you want to kick that up a notch, like, you know, we integrate with uh, response bid, like that's kind of their whole process is doing all of this remotely. So um, really just anything you can do to get that approval handled so that they understand, they know what the price is and your sales team can handle that portion. And then, you know, obviously the same thing with your technicians, they go out there, make sure that they're protecting themselves, make sure that the clients feel like they're protected. And then another thing you can do is process your payments online um, or at the very least limit um, what the client has to expose themselves to. So rather than handing over your phone to sign something or whatnot, you can have them pay online or just hand over the cash or check. And so they don't actually have to, to worry about that. It's all things you can do to kind of ease the, 
the minds of, of your clients, right? Ease those worries a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm not going to hand you a piece of paper now that's been carried around in my truck and gone from home to home to home and me yep. touched 5,000 times while I'm touching everything else. Instead, I'm just going to say, hey, let me shoot you your uh, invoice via email. What's your email address? And now I've just got a really smooth, easy, quick way to make sure I'm capturing those email addresses so I can hit them up later with offers and all that kind of stuff. So yep. look at that. So gorgeous. Right yep, there, yeah. out of service, monster. So <laughs> I, I just, I'll just show in the okay. preview so they can see the oh. uh, how the data tags work. Anyways, carry nice. on. Um, yeah, I was just going to say real quick. This also applies to any type of other messaging. So, like, if you text your customers or text leads, if that's something that you do, um, calling them. Um, you know, these highlighting the steps that you're taking, the 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 other options they have for service, like a virtual appointment or um, just a touchless estimate process or a touchless payment process, you can still use those. Obviously a text, you probably wouldn't want to be as long as this email is. Um, but you can still say like, Hey Joe, if I'm, if I'm talking to Joe, I'm like, Hey Joe, um, you know, we had love to uh, schedule a job. We can do a, we can do a virtual appointment at this link right here. Um, if you're interested kind of thing, like you can still use these, um, these new messaging um, tactics on text on a, phone call, whatever. Um, and that ties in very nicely to the next section, which is talking about making sure your employees are aware of um, the changes within your business. Um, so because their employees are the ones who are the ones who are out, um, you know, face to face with the customers doing the work. So Adam, you have some amazing uh, examples here. Yeah, no, it's pretty pretty crazy. Um, so I just I just wrote this up on uh, Google Documents really quickly because I think it's the easiest way to get started. Um, some of you guys might just have some old school actual files that you've written out or printed out or whatever, and if you do, that's great. If they have those manuals in the truck, that's great. Um, but Google Docs and just using the uh, Google Cloud in general is relatively easy to set up something like this, and especially if you use these subheaders. You can see over here on the left. As I build this document, I can easily just jump to that section. Um, and if you don't know how to do that, it's just highlight it and then just change the style to one of the heading um, things there. But really just when you, when you pivot your message and you're saying something that uh, the clients are now expecting that to be happening, right? And your technicians and, and other kind of staff members also want to know that they're being, you know, protected by, by your policy changes too. So... These are just some basic things that I wrote up here, and I'll just go over a couple of them. So, you know, going over safety measures for the technicians when they're out. What does that entail? You know, are they wearing a mask, fresh gloves at every site, wearing booties if they're requested? Make sure they're washing their hands thoroughly whenever available. Um, I also added this is a big thing because I have a lot of friends in the healthcare industry. A lot of times they have change of clothes that aren't really involved with their day to day. So they make sure when they go home to their families, there's maybe less worry that they have of bringing the virus home, right? If they've had that all over themselves all day. Maintaining social distancing, you know, sanitizing equipment after every service, at the end of the shift, you know, so on and so forth. And this is just kind of an example of what an SOP should really be diving towards is, you know, make sure that if they're doing this, that you verify with a manager beforehand that they've approved before you leave, right? Things and steps that you've created that are basically auditable. So something that, that the managers can make sure that they're going through. And I go through the same thing with the, with the sales staff here, things that they can do with the virtual meeting, sanitize equipment if they do have an onsite estimate, making sure that you know anything they do come in contact with has been sanitized. And again, for the office staff, right? So making sure that they are familiar with language you want them to use on the phone, um, allowing extra time between jobs so that they give the technician extra time to sanitize their equipment and, and things like that. If you have an office, making sure that that's closed to the public, right? So that way, if that is something, I should say, if that is something that you're doing. So if you want to maintain foot traffic inside your office, because it's typically minimal for a lot of you guys anyways, then that can be something you can you can have there. Um, and then also, if you want them to sanitize the office, right, the same kind of idea, any sort of major touch points. We were doing this at Service Monster before we went remote, um, high traffic areas, sanitizing the you know, doorknobs, things like that. You can basically set up a team inside the office that are just kind of handling that. So this is not by any means 100% what you guys should be doing. A lot of you guys are going to have some differences here. It's just kind of 
getting something documented that every team member can have, that the expectations are set, and that you're, everyone knows that they're being taken care of as well as the clients are being taken care of. And those, again, expectations are there for how they should respond. Your base um, kind of outline document on, on what changes in policy you want to make in your company, given the current situation. Once you have that document done, you can pull from that, like Michael was talking about, and do marketing messaging. You can make sure that commercial clients know the procedures and steps that you guys and your team go through. Um, it's important to not only understand it, have it written down, make sure your entire staff understands it, and then make sure you're communicating that out to your clients um, in a very kind of cohesive and unified way. If you're not using Google Doc, it, it doesn't really matter what area you use, what program you use. If you want to have it tied to your website, like we have ours tied to WordPress. If you want to tie it to something else, that's totally fine. Just make sure that it's easy to edit and it's easy to find. Um, Joe, I remember you made this point to me way back when I had first started on just help documentation in general. People are going to go with what the easiest kind of pathway is. And so you want to make sure that your SOPs, whatever they are, are easy for your, your staff to get to or else they're always going to constantly just, you know, either forget or ask random questions, call the office, things like that. You want it to be something that they can handle themselves that they're in full control over. Yeah. And, and obviously we're just touching very loosely here. Um, in our 30 day business challenge that we're constructing, we will have a couple exercises in there, building a proper SOP and then both in Google drive and maybe on WordPress and kind of what you'd look for and naming conventions and how you can get, make sure techs can access all of that. It's amazing. If you all have a centralized repository that you can get access to, there's all kinds of things you can put in there and share and, you know, tips and chats and organization and stuff that you've learned, arcane knowledge and all kinds of stuff. So if you're not doing anything like that already, then, uh, then now's a perfect time to get on that train. Absolutely. Cool. Thank that pretty you, much wraps up that part of the discussion. So uh, I think just the overall summing it up, remember when you're marketing messaging, when you are changing it, acknowledge, empathize, offer value. And really the goal of this is just really to set yourself up for success um, down the road, you know, stay relevant, stay um, connected to your community, connected to your customers. Um, and then when things do return to whatever normal looks like, there will be more jobs eventually. Um, and you're, you're in a good spot then, um, you know, like Joe, you always talk about the um, importance of working on your business, of staying. We talked about last podcast a lot too. The whole point of the 30-day business challenge really is to stay focused on your business during this time. Stay working, stay busy, stay um, you know, evolving as a business owner and, and really um, taking it seriously um, and using the time you have to strengthen your business. Um, but yeah, that was good stuff. You can do that so, or you could you know, fight people on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> play video games, yeah, something. <laughs> Much more productive use of your time, for sure. Totally. <laughs> so, yeah. Adam, Very you want to go into the releases now? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, guys, for all that. Um, so, we just had release 6.5.0.121. Uh, I'm sure you guys love the actual numerical values that we assigned to those. Um, and if you want to see the blog, um, the blog, if you want to see the release notes, we currently have them up on the blog. Um, they'll eventually be on the new help site, but uh, we'll have that posted here on the uh, the YouTube video. Just a couple of kind of touch points. A few more of the grids have had their full functionality. So like on the, on the commissions board, reminders list, and some other areas, you can now do all of the cool kind of customization that came with 6.5. Um, there were also some weirdness with the uh, quick ad closing. Um, Paul, if you happen to be watching, you'll be happy that the uh, quick ad closing when you hit enter, um, that has been fixed. It was driving Joe nuts too. Um, but that uh, that's definitely one that Paul was was looking for. Um, some things with nice job got taken care of. The opportunity field is now exposed on the, the order details again. So just a few things like that. Um, just some bug fixes, minor feature things. You can read the full thing on the release notes. And then we also just kind of want to tease, I guess, um, here in a few weeks, 651 is kind of on the horizon. And uh, we typically don't like to go more, much more than a few weeks out. So won't go into too many specifics, but uh, just a little tease for you guys. We're adding in account tags 
Um, just kind of some things you guys can do to make it much easier to just add a quick tag to either market for or just set up a custom report like like a custom view for um, things like that. It's just going to be really nice for you. And we can expand on that potentially in the future, too, with orders and so on. So my favorite use case of that is create a drip campaign, which targets a specific tag and has some xyz stuff right specific content coordination or you, know, you just whatever it is and it's not for everybody it's for people who you choose to drop into this campaign and you do that on the account screen by tagging the account so you hashtag super awesome special campaign and you hit save and now all of a sudden bam they're into that drip and uh and and you get them, you go get them. So I think tags is huge. It was a kind of a big missing feature if we're considered probably the most full featured CRM uh, in the service industry. To not have tags was a missing kind of a missing feature. So this six five one will address that on the account level, and then we'll add it to the order as well. We also made it really easy. I found that in some cases, um, CRMs that use tags, they don't make it super easy or as easy as they should to find everything that you've tagged. Um, we, it's super easy to just like, when you've created your tags, you can jump in and see literally every account that's on there. If you need to remove it, if you need to clear it for everyone and so on. So that's I think that's cool. definitely going to get, um, hopefully at least, uh, some smiles from everyone when that releases. Yeah, it's great for marketing campaigns. It's great for, you know, get deriving lists. You know, you can create custom dashboard, custom grid views. Like you can do a lot with um, proper use of tags. Yeah. And this is actually a project we've had, we've had kind of partially done for a while. So if anyone asks like why, like why this had priority over some other things, it's like, well, a lot of the dev work was already done. We just kind of wanted to get it finished for you guys and out. So. We also have what's my favorite part of this release, which is the new account page. Um, uh, basically a new home page, which is essentially a dashboard and some other, it's essentially a dashboard. There's some other basic information in there too, but it's just a better home page. You guys have been asking for kind of easier ways to navigate what's currently happening with the account rather than just dumping you into kind of an account detail, fill in the blank field space. So. Um, do you think you want to kind of add on to that, Joe? Um, you know, we built that so that salespeople and office managers um, could jump into the account page and do their jobs. <laughs> right now, you got to jump and then tab and then jump and then tab and then click and then jump and then tab. And so we're hoping that for the most part, like how we did more condensing of keeping you on the schedule while you're on the schedule. This is keeping you on a single account page while you're dealing with an account. You're collecting payment, you're setting up contracts, you're setting up new orders, recurrences, like all that stuff, seeing what they balance do, if they owe you anything, if they got outstanding um, estimates or activities that you need to follow up with. Like, again, that kind of that core CRM, like, oh, yeah, the home dashboard for an account, kind of command central for an individual account. Account That's where, what we tried to do. Yeah, any of your open orders or open activities, things like that, it's so easy to see what's, what's most pertinent to you, and you can do tons of actions on any of them. So I think it's definitely going to be an improved process for all of you guys. Um, we're also going to have some self-import improvements. Um, that'll be most useful for kind of newer users. But some of you guys also do imports, you know, later down the road, if you purchase, you know, a list of some kind or something like that you, you purchase someone else's you know, customer list. Um, but the self-import improvements are going to be out in that and they are much improved and they even allow you guys to import directly from QuickBooks online. So rather than having to call us and have us push the button, you'll be able to push the button and some other things there. Yeah. So if you're a prospect, you can, in your trial, you can hook up QuickBooks online, hit a button and and then all the bells and whistles light up. Um, and then, oh, Joe, what do you do with that data? Nothing. If you don't sign up with us, um, um, about every six months, we destroy any data that's been left over. Hey, Joe, why do you wait six months? Because uh, about 30% of the people that leave us come back within six months. 
And it's nice to have that starting point to move forward from from there. Um, and again, if you look at our terms of service, it's your data. You own the data. We recognize you own the data. We do not recognize us as the data owner under any circumstances, even and especially after which you cancel. Not all horses are created equal. Make sure you read your terms of service for other competing products. And we'll, we'll touch on this maybe a little bit more in the smug post we have highlighted, but there's also some performance improvements you've been working on, Joe. So that's tied into 651. I was obsessed with the account because I did the account dashboard portion. Um, so I was obsessed with that for like the first week and a half we were in quarantine. <laughs> and then uh, last couple of weeks, I was obsessed with these performance improvements because um, when I was doing the account building, I noticed some inefficiencies. Uh, and so I kind of put my lab coat back on and started going really low level, creating caching systems and all kinds of technical jargon stuff that nobody here really cares about, wants to listen to me talk about. Um, I love it. I love that kind of stuff. So Adam, have you dived into the client side caching stuff at all? We have almost all of our testing was resolved to this miniature release that just went out. Gotcha. So we're, we haven't looked at it once, yet. Yeah, not very Hall, much. It's Hall's ass. It's so fast. So excited. But to that end, and since you know we have smug, um, smug posts to tend to that kind of dovetail into this, this might be a nice segue. Um, we have that what's been brought to our attention is there are a few users who have very large schedules who are experiencing some latency, like some severe latency couple of users in particular um so we didn't know that we've we've have users who have hundreds of routes and the schedule redesign schedule 2.0 took them from i don't even want to say like two minute load times down to under 10 seconds so you know that redesign was amazing for that because we knew where the problem was and, and we focused on that I was unaware of these latency issues with these two clients that have brought this up. So I don't know if this is systemic. So if more people are experiencing these, but this will be my next, next week, my next uh, technical dive uh, will be looking at these databases. So David pulled these databases down for me. There's two individuals specifically that have been reporting these problems. And, um, and also again, from a data point of view, Joe, you pulled down customers databases when we pulled them down the engineers put them through an obfuscation <laughs> when we pulled them down the engineers put them through an obfuscation process which uh, basically scrambles the names um, it randomizes completely bogus phone numbers replacing all phone numbers and removing all email addresses for testing purposes it keeps addresses and latitude and longitude information so we can do testing with you know locations and mapping and that kind of stuff um, but other than that the data is blown away there's no way that let's say an engineer would get then access to that test environment database copied from a client and do any kind of damage right there's no third party activation we don't store credit cards directly we store them with third parties that have key so in case that raised any alarms for people don't let it we we went through painful processes to make sure when we pull down a database from a client that we turn it into an unusable um reality system we can't run charges we can't contact clients we don't even know who lives in what houses anymore or how to get a hold of them so just fyi but i'll be diving into that to see if i can figure out what their issue is i'm hoping that it's something small unique to this data set uh, that that doesn't come up very often. I can fix it, find it, and fix it fairly easily. Um, but I won't know until I know. So I will keep the users who are interested in Smug posted and uh, kind of excited to dive into that next week. Yeah, um, we can definitely kind of segue into the remaining Smug post. Do we want to mention anything on the mobile front? Just briefly in that um, we've had to update the framework. So, and I think most people figured this out but i don't know if i was ever very very vocal about it we've had some employment changes obviously we um we lost nine people as a result of covid prior to that though not as a part of the virus brian our primary mobile engineer had left us um 
he found an opportunity that he was really excited about. So he's, he was with us for a little over two years. Uh, he did great, kind of trained him up from ground zero. Um, and he handled that mo mobile project and the transition from technician to the new mobile app really well. So I was really happy with um, what Brian did uh, and the exchange that we had with him. When he left, it left us an interesting position. Of course, we had to bring in a new mobile developer. Prior to this, though, we had had some turnover in mobile. <laughs> the the To the nerds of the audience, the joke has been used that mobile development is kind of the defense against the dark arts of Service Monster. Um, <laughs> so that turnover is... So I decided to put a, a, a nail in that coffin right away. So when Kyle left us and Brian took over mobile, I made Ethan learn the mobile environment. And so he was, he was helping on a regular basis. There's a handful of features that are his in the mobile product. So he could step in. Now that wasn't the plan prior to COVID. We were um, actually had interviewed, I don't even know how many, two or three at least, um, new potential mobile developers. Didn't we even find one we liked that didn't, didn't work out? Adam? Yeah, we were really close on one, but uh, yeah. Didn't anyway, so and then of course now's not a great time to hire. Like so, so that just meant that we repurposed Ethan. Uh, he is uh, fully on mobile development now, um, and as part of the kind of the panic with the whole thing is Apple forced us to upgrade our frameworks, which doesn't sound like a lot. That sentence is very deceiving. Um, there's a lot of work that goes into that. So he just finished that like just a couple days ago and got that to QA. So we will be doing a release and all it really will be doing is fixing a couple bugs, uh, making the notes better, um, and then upgrading the framework. So you guys shouldn't hopefully really notice anything too much. If you did manage to download 1.2.12, sorry. Notes are blowing up uh, part of the app. iOS has a version that's out 1.2.13. Yeah, 1 uh, you can get that now, and that is a much more stable build. Android hasn't released their version yet, to my knowledge. Adam, do you have more updated information for me? They haven't. Okay. Uh, we're just waiting on them. To but by the time this comes out, they will have. Right. So, And then you may even have 1.2.14, which should be the framework rebuild. Um, so that's coming very quick. Once that's in place, once we have a freaking stable 1.2.14, then Ethan and Adam will be able to kind of focus fire and get a couple really nice things addressed in mobile here. I get hate mail about this one. So I'll say it. The issue that was keeping us from filtering and sorting the images correctly has been addressed in the new framework. So Hasn't been fully tested yet to my knowledge, but the new framework allows us to have the option so that it sorts in the correct order. So we're going to make sure that that happens when we kick that version out. So that's coming very quickly. It was a really dumb thing, but our hands are tied. We couldn't do anything about it until we got this upgrade. So that's pretty much I just all I wanted to focus on for mobile. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, from there, we'll, we'll jump into Smug first since we already kind of started that. We'll, we'll end with the Entree Joe post. Um, so the one that we were just discussing about kind of the improvements came from from Kelsey. So Kelsey, if you're listening, kind of uh, we already kind of had a big comment chain going on about this, about, yes, we're pulling the data in. We're really going to dive into and see what's going on there. Um, but that one's already kind of been discussed at nauseum, like because you just went through that for a couple of minutes. Um, but it is definitely an expectation to not have that latency there. So we're going to do everything. Yeah, we can. Oh, I was surprised. I'm I'm surprised. Um, the next one that came up was from Daniel, and he was asked. He was talking about the opportunities. Um, and when you mark an opportunity as lost or abandoned, or you know whatever, you have you basically have this chance to put in a reason and a note. You know, like like what happened on this example? Like why did we lose them? Or why am I abandoning it, right? Um, and so now that it's you know time has gone by, he was like he was asking you know I can't figure out where that's stored, and so I just explained hey on the grid itself you can expose those they're not on by default just because the note field takes up a lot of space, 
um, you, you can expose that. And if you want to set up maybe like a particular view that has that set up, um, you, you can do so. And it's super easy now to add those those groups. Just turn on the advanced settings on your grid, choose columns. They're sorted. They're, <laughs> it's a small thing. I've been pushing for this for a while, but everything is grouped together in a really nice, easy to digest format now. Any of you guys who were heavy users on the on the grids beforehand that just had the big alphabetized list and you just kind of your eyes glaze over if you sort through 75 items. It's a lot easier to read through. You can even search for items now. So um, you can expose those. And we also might be adding them to the opportunities report if we have room on there. So it's kind of one of those things to help you guys, you know, essentially track that because you want to know right the code or the reason why they left so you can kind of see if there's patterns and things you can touch on down the road so and there'll certainly be reports and dashboards coming centered around those stuff in future releases the next one is json this is something we've talked about a few times uh, we definitely talked about it the 6.5 release too because a bunch of people asked asked you joe when we were, we were doing that um, talking about security roles right now sm6 only allows administrators and managers to log in um, technicians and everything below that is tied to the mobile app. Um, but everything in between those, there's kind of this hazy middle ground. So um, this is one of the big things we're going to be moving towards as far as adding the agent role into SM6. But you maybe want to expand on that a little bit and kind of what the big picture of this is again for those who haven't heard already. Yeah, I think we can um, do it in a couple phases, right? So I think we can get um agents working in six um so that's kind of the, the first step i don't think we're far away uh, i know we've got some testing and we can get some resources mobilized and that's not that big of a deal um but the bigger goal because things are getting a little crazy like the, the number of roles and we just added a new role <laughs> just to make technician more confusing now we have we have Tech, tech limited, super tech, and tech plus. Yeah, the there's, list? There's, there's a laborer, there's technician, technician plus, and super technician. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's getting weird. Um, and it's getting weird because soon we're going to be releasing the ability of you guys to create your own roles, which is huge because so many people aren't quite satisfied with our rules on our roles by default. And it's usually like this one thing. Oh, I want them to do everything, but not see this one thing or not do this one thing. So we're going to be giving you guys much more granular access to create your own roles that you can then assign your users to. Um, and that that'll be cool. So you'll see a multi-phased approach. There are six, 5x will come with agents at some point um and then um probably shortly after that you'll hear us talking about a security migration it's mostly a back-end thing um talking about doing it either automated or making you guys jump through the hoops there's some disadvantages and advantages to both ways some of the things that we have to figure out on our end once the migration is complete, then shortly after that, you guys should see custom roles. So, so it's a longer haul, but we've finished um, the vast majority of the work as far as the support related to rules. And mobile already operates appropriately, so there really won't have to be any retrofitting there. For the most part, six is good. Um, and we won't support custom roles within five mobile two mobile three <laughs> any of the other uh, legacy products that are still out there so it doesn't mean you, you won't be able to access them you just won't be able to access them with your super cool special role and any users who are in that super cool special role will not have access as well exactly just one more reason you guys want to get on six let's give it a try 6.5 yeah, and then and then they go make agents able to log in, and we will. <laughs> you know, what? something, that's right? That's, that's all the took. next biggest thing. Yeah, that's the next biggest thing. Up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it for Smug. Uh, we'll just close here with the Entree Joe. Did a little bit out of order today. Um, the Entree Joe post from this week is pro tip: sell solutions, not services. People don't buy services they don't need. So why don't you kind of go into that a little bit, Joe? 
Yeah. So I, I always say people don't buy carpet cleaning when they're standing on clean carpet. This is why transactional marketing is such a pain in the ass. There's no silver bullet campaign that brings in all the work because you're hoping that your solution intersects with a problem that they happen to have when you are there to present them with the solution that the problem they happen to have. So that's why sending out a bunch of postcards and expecting a bunch of work from it is just kind of silly. The bigger approach from a marketing point of view is going to be building a brand in your community that's synonymous with the products and services that you offer so that when they have their problem, they know who to call. That's a much different position to be in. Um, so if you're transactional, then you're just selling your service. If you're playing the long game, if you're being empathetic, if you care about your community and being of service, then you're selling solutions to problems that they either have problems that they will have, or you're helping them solve related problems to help build your brand and your authority of the services that you're providing. So kind of wrapping it back up to what we were talking about and the messaging that we were talking about before. If you're a cleaner, you might want to consider being educated about cleaning and disinfecting for microbials. I don't know. It seems like a good idea to me. It'd be like, um, Joe, you're a software developer, you're an engineer, you're a scientist, but you know, you didn't learn the very basics or you don't care about this other technology. It's like, I mean, I guess I could just code away using the same tools I had in 1995. I could do that. Probably wouldn't have a business though, because most people want the products from the tools that we need to work with in 2014, 2019, you know, whatever the, the year of the tools that we're using now are. So staying up to date, incredible. And it's, it's now a better time to be a solution provider than ever before because the IICRC and the educational community have finally got off their asses and have gone virtual. They kicked and screamed about it for a long time because the, and I'll get on my soapbox here for a minute about associations and education, but the associations refused to do it because they're largely controlled by the educators who refused to do it because they were largely controlled by the people who still are okay going to a customer appreciation day at a distributorship with 20 people in the room and doing a class. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but Gen Xers and millennials aren't willing to fly all over the country for a room of 20 people when they can hop on live Facebook and get 50. And so there was this huge divide between the educators, the educators and the people who needed education. And the fact that new business owners feel that they can get educated online without going to these classes is a huge disservice to them. So it comes from both angles, right? So there was this huge gap. And I just saw it over the last decade growing wider and wider between the people who needed education and the people who were willing to educate and, and what they needed to do. Surprise, COVID. <laughs> now associations are like, oh shit, we can't make money on trade shows, which is always how we made our money because nobody's going to trade shows anymore because of COVID. And our educators are freaking the hell out because we currently don't let people get associations and certificates and certifications with online type courses. And so they opened that up. The educators um, went and parlayed the uh, associations, the associations cleared the way they've been approving educators for content. That content's now being pushed. So now you can get education and certification online from your favorite educator, where whether it's, you know, Sean or Bruce or <laughs> Jeremy or like any of the people that we have on a regular basis over at the cleaning podcast. I'm so glad you said that. Cause I was so ready to jump in and plug that. I was like, no, <laughs> 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 yeah saw it coming so yeah very good so yeah that's what that's what it's about being a solution provider that means you need to be educated that means you need to be knowledgeable and then speak with authority 
Um, and so if someone, if you're a cleaner and someone comes to you and says, hey, what do you think about this COVID thing? And you're not, well, you know, policy's policy and science is science, but I'll tell you what, I can clean it. Like that should be the response. If it's, it's a hoax or did you buy enough toilet paper or it's going to kill us all? Like all of those are bad reactions and not a way to grow a business. That's it. I'm just saying. <laughs> yep. There you go. Well, cool, on, man. On that, on that note, I think we covered what we wanted to cover. It's always a, uh, always a pleasure being here and chatting with you guys. So very good. All right. Well, thank you so much for your attention and stay safe out there. Stay away from the COVID wash your hands, masks, you know, I'm never mind. Be safe. See you guys.